Thursday. Welcome to another episode of Nursing Your Spiritual Fitness with Maxine. I hope all is well with you. I have an exciting episode for you and I do have a disclaimer to make. It's kind of long. It's not kind of, it's actually long. I really battle to kind of edit it and make it much less of 30 minutes. But the Holy Spirit kept on asking me, why are you reducing the message? I need this to go out, so um, I don't even have apologies to make at this point. It's just a matter of following instructions. But I do hope you guys are good. I do hope you did have a lovely week last week and you started your new week this week quite well. Um, It's um, Tuesday today and it's literally five days to the end of the month. And I do hope that you've managed to achieve any objectives or any goals you had for this month and you're ready for the month of May. May God bless you. May he keep you in his grace and his favor at all times in Jesus' name. Father God, we come before you this moment. We're so grateful for today. We're grateful for your love, your kindness, your goodness, your mercy, your blessings and your favor. We're thankful that even as we sleep and wake up, Lord, you've nourished us. You are the keeper of Israel and we thank you. We thank you for the work of our hands that you've provided us with because you're the only source in our lives. We thank you that we can rely on you, we can trust you because you're the only person who never fails us, oh God. We love you, oh God. You're too faithful for us. Even when we are faithless, you're too faithful, oh God. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for the work that you have done in our lives. Mighty great works. The substitutionary sacrifice is so amazing and we're so humbled by it. Not only have you saved us from death, you've given us eternal life and you've given us a beauty that is called righteousness. And in this righteousness, we stand in alignment with you and our Heavenly Father and be one with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You're faithful, just and true. You're glorious and majestic. You're wonderful. Oh, how we love you. We worship you. We praise your name. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your life, the life of God. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you walk with us, you teach us, you counsel us, you advocate for us. You show us the fear of the Lord. You instill the fear of the Lord. You give us the knowledge of God. You give us his wisdom and spiritual understanding. And you enlighten us with lots of spiritual discernment. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you. The illumination that you bring is too much too much but it's right it's adequate enough it's sufficient we thank you we thank you for walking with us during the tough times for you are the lamp upon our head and the light on our feet giving us guidance and direction we thank you we thank you for the abundant graces that you make alive in our lives oh god we thank you we thank you holy spirit and i ask you that as we speak on this word may you use this word to convict to light to manifest to glorify and to just have the presence of god in anyone's life who's listening to this message oh god We pray that this word that you've given us today will not just only be a message to hear, but a message to be used, a message to be received that can be applied in our everyday living and will manifest your glory. And we can sing out in praise and say, look at what the Lord has done. We thank you for every audience member. We thank you for their time to listen. We thank you for their family and their children and their partners and the people they work with because when they receive this message not only will they be blessed but they will bless others 
thank you for all this that you've done for us so willingly so openly so truthfully jesus thank you amen so today i'm talking about accessing the throne of grace and this is basically um a very interesting topic i wouldn't say i'm an expert on it but i was reading a couple of scriptures and then i fell across an interesting sermon by a preacher named charles spurgeon and i believe he's one of god's generals back in the day and he kind of just highlighted this throne of grace in such a way that just got me so caught up in this mystery and you know there are a lot of things in the word that require certain levels of obedience deep levels of obedience there are things to do there are things to be actively involved with there are things that have to be done consistently but i think this is one area that the requirement from us may look minimal even though it's quite significant but it's so necessary for us to do what is required in this situation in order to manifest the grace of god and and it's not hard it's not hard and i do hope that you know if you do listen to this and all of it you will actually have an opportunity to give feedback and just let me know how it's worked for you i think this is a mystery that 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 god has literally opened before my eyes and so i'm very grateful my scriptures come from the book of hebrews chapter 4 verses 16 but i'll read it from 14 and second corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 holy spirit help me Hebrews 4:16 Christ is our high priest. So then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. I'll be reading it from the amplified bible. It says, "And God is able to make all grace, all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, always under all circumstances See that's the part that just got me. Under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. So being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. So when I read these two scriptures, the first thing I actually asked myself is what does it what is required of me or what is required in order for somebody to access the throne of grace. And one of the things that come out in these scriptures is first of all, it's good to know that of course it's a throne of grace and our God sits in it and upon that throne of grace is not just the graces of God but there's also his mercy as well. And he says we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. And one thing I've realized is humans are at need at all times. So the grace of God is available for us at all times that's just one part 
Then the other part was in the second scripture where God says he's able to make all grace, every favor, every blessing come in abundance, not in small portion, not in mid-sized portion, not in large portion, in abundance to you. And he says he's giving it to you under all circumstances in your life, financial, health, spiritual, physical, um, whatever you think about it in your family, your friends, your workplace, literally every single circumstance in your life, God is giving you abundant grace. And he says, it doesn't matter if you have a need for it or if you don't have need for it, he still gives it to you so that you're so self-sufficient in him, not in yourself, not in your skills, not in your ability, but in him. And so with that, you have the ability to help others. You're able to do his works for good works and be an act of charity in the society an act of charity is an act of love which demonstrates the kingdom of god because the kingdom of god is on the foundation of love god's love so charles spurgeon actually talks about two important people that make all this possible for humanity and to be honest it was quite humbling because we have nothing to do with accessing the throne of grace but we do have things that we need to fulfill, but it's not on our own accord. It's not because of good behavior. It's not because we've done great things. It's all because of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and God has made all this possible. And so we're able to access the throne of grace because of the righteousness that Jesus Christ had given us. So it is the righteousness in Christ that allows us to access the throne of grace, that allows us to be even within the vicinity of God our Father in heaven. And Jesus is also the high priest in this situation. We know that he ascended into heaven and he, you know, presented his blood for our sake, you know, for it to be used as the sacrifice for the sins that the whole world had committed. And so he's in heaven interceding for us. And so every time he's interceding for us, whatever prayer requests we have, whatever prayers we do have, whatever we, whenever we show up to access the throne of grace, he represents us as the chief high priest. And the Holy Spirit is there as well. You know, the Holy Spirit, as we know, is able to help us in our times of prayer. When we're when able to speak, the Holy Spirit does the speaking for us. You know, the, the, the book of Romans talks about groanings and utterances that are wordless. And, and when we speak in tongues, you know, the Holy Spirit is able to interpret those words and go into the heart of Christ, the heart of God. And we're able to access things that are so needed in our lives. So... These are the two people who play an important role. And we come in as the voice that prays. And so we need to pray. Prayers are so consistent. Prayers are required to reach into the throne of grace. And the Holy Spirit gives us life and power to pray. So we rely on the Holy Spirit of even giving us the strength to pray. Because we can't do it on our own. And our prayers only become powerful through Jesus Christ because he's that high priest who packages the prayers in order for God to hear them. And this has all been made possible because of his death and his resurrection and his coronation, the acts that he's done for us. The other thing to note is this throne of grace includes a seat of mercy, which is so important. So as we access the graces of God, we also access the mercy of God. And it's so important, it's so, 
I feel so humbled to say this because it means that God doesn't really care at that point in time of how filthy we are because in that same setup we can ask for mercy from God as we receive the grace and you know the mercy of God not only just vetoes any current adversity in your life it also just resets everything it resets everything you're forgiven you're reset to start anew start afresh what was in your slate is removed and you turn up clean you know and and this is powerful because it shows how great god is no idol no person can provide such an opportunity in your life for you to access abundance of favor and blessing and at the same time access the mercy that resets any bad condition into something that god can use for his glory or veto any negative negative nasty thing that's happening in your life for you to start afresh and even for you to access forgiveness for any wrongdoing that you've had so we have to know how to approach the throne because this throne is clearly seated by one who's the great monarch of the universe and has to be addressed accordingly he's not just any god he's the god he's the lord of lords he's the king of kings abba father jesus himself taught us how to address god when we pray we don't just start by speaking of what we want and what we need but we recognize who he is we admonish him we praise him we worship him Abba Father who art in heaven hallowed be your name he's the holy of holies so my question to you is how would you approach a king how would you approach a judge how would you approach somebody that's high ranking who has the secret service or who has the royal guards or who has like protection or who has the police to to just monitor the court activity you would not just appear to them casually you would have to follow protocol you'd have to follow a way of addressing them and if we do that here on earth then we should also do it when it comes to god so we must always be in the right spirit to approach god we must be in the right state of mind to approach god so that not only are we presenting ourselves in sincere insincerity but we are also available to have that door of our petitions to be received and for our presence to be allowed even into these courts and remember in the book of psalms 100 it says you enter the gates of heaven with thanksgiving and you enter the courts of heaven with praise and the answer is right there so you have to praise and worship god sincerely you know and and it it can't be praise and worship that suits you it's praise and worship that's required for god so that means the fear of the lord is required and it's only the holy spirit who can make you understand what the fear of the lord is Charles Spurgeon talks about approaching the throne of grace with humility. You have to be broken. You have to have a repentant heart. You cannot come in arrogance. You cannot come in pride. You cannot come with your fleshy needs of ego or your fleshy needs of self because that's an inner veil in itself. You won't be able to even see that throne of grace. You have to know that Jesus Christ is is the author and finisher of our faith. and he's our high priest but he's also god he's not just any ordinary person 
God loves us so much. We are his children. We are his sons and daughters. And just like us here in uh, here on earth, we do have parents and they know we are their sons and daughters. But there's always a boundary that we don't cross if you're well-mannered. <laughs> if you respect your parents, if you fear your parents, there's always a boundary you don't cross. And that's the same thing that's expected of us, that we should be familiar about God. We should be well knowing about Jesus Christ, about the Holy Spirit. We should know about the Trinity very well enough to be familiar with them, but humble enough to respect them, fear them, worship them, honor them. So as you approach the throne of grace, remember that you are unworthy. You're full of sin and iniquities, rebellious ways that God chooses not to look at at that period of time. And when we are at the throne of grace, God has told us from the scripture of Hebrews um, chapter 4 verse 16 is we have this grace available to us in our times of need. So that basically means that we have grace and mercy at all times and this grace is continuous So all we have to do is ask for them, ask for them in a heart of submission, in a mind of submission, giving in to this great power that loves us so much, that just offers such blessings and favors at all times. So you cannot approach the throne of grace with an attitude of, I know what I want. I'm going to demand and ask. I mean, I'm going to demand or instruct God to give me this, but we need to ask in humility, in First John chapter 5 verse 14, he tells us that there's always this confidence that you need to have that if you ask anything according to his will, not only will God hear you, he gives it to you. And Jesus did say that, ask and you shall receive. And he says, believe that you have received before you actually have. So that means humility is important. You have to come in knowing who you're addressing. So praise and worship is also great. And you have to have a protocol of how to present yourself so your spirit man has to be sincere so those are three things the fourth thing as Charles Spurgeon says is approach the throne of grace with enlarged expectations now this is what got me quite happy and I've actually realized this is the very same reason that Satan doesn't want you to know these things so it took me to the scripture of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 and 21 and I love it in the Amplified Classic Edition because it says now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think So this is the part that even gets me even more excited. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. You're not there to receive scraps. You're not there to receive leftovers. God is telling you, come big. Come asking for big things. This is very amazing because God, God expects us to ask for big things. He says, go big. Expect big. And when you ask for these things, just know that I am able to give you beyond what you're asking for. All you have to do is give your body that capacity to accommodate that power. Because it's now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power, 
that is at work within us. So what level of power is at work within you that is able to carry out his purpose and you're able to do it in a super abundantly far over and above what you can daily, daily, like dare ask or think. God is telling you, go big, go big. Give him that capacity. I was listening to a a pastor once who said, Anytime he's about to get an anointing from somebody who's really blessed and anointed and there's a grace and an invitation to be received, he charges his spirit to stretch to the utmost, to his to, to what he can think he can stretch it to. And he says, your, your spirit just has to open up to receive. And that's the same thing we, we have to do. Remember, we are his children. We are the sons of the Most High God. If the enemy can reward his people, what can God not do? You know, Jesus has presented you right in front of God and he's telling you, ask, go big and ask. And don't assume your thoughts are like Christ. Don't assume that that whatever you ask for is, is just enough. Remember in Isaiah 55 verses 8 to 9, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts so come boldly and in confidence that is of no doubt because you're not asking God you're not asking a man you're not trusting a man you're trusting God and you're asking God which takes me to numbers 23 19 God doesn't lie he's not a man who lies He's not a man who needs to repent because what he says, he does. The most two most important pillars of faith, being able and integral, that what just that's what the faith in God sums up. You know that he's able, you know that he's integral. So whatever he says he will do, he does. So come bold, come big. You're humble about it, you're praising and worshipping him, you're in spirit and you're sincere about it, but your expectations are stretched. You're asking for big things. And God does know the true state of your heart. He knows how you really feel and what you truly desire. So just be open, be yourself and say, God, this is who I am. This is what I want. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, because it exposes our inner thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he's the one to whom we are accountable. So ask him for anything. Ask him what is in your heart, your desire. Worship him in spirit. Charge your spirit to receive all these things. Charge your spirit to have fellowship with God at this time too, so that he can see you for, you know, like your true innermost self. So the throne of grace is a place of dispensation. It gives you the graces of God, not just one grace. It gives you all graces of God. So your mindset has to have the understanding that it's not just one thing. It's all graces from God and it also comes with mercy. So Charles H. Spurgeon says, that God overlooks how we pray. He doesn't look at how you spoke to him or the structure of your prayer. He looks at um, your state of the heart. And, and this makes sense because 
Who else can advocate for your prayers but the Holy Spirit? He's there to speak for you. Who else but Jesus Christ takes your prayers and put them in words that pleases our Father in heaven, making them perfect. So always know that your imperfections and faults will never prevent the success of your prayers. So sometimes you might feel like I'm so unworthy to speak to God. I'm so unworthy to even pray. I'm so unworthy to even approach the throne of grace and ask. But God doesn't see your imperfections and faults because there's a seat called mercy. I love this. There's a seat of mercy where God freely gives this mercy. His mercy endures. It renews each day. And remember, God loves it when we approach him in our brokenness that we are so aware of our iniquities and our failures and our self-sin, as Toza puts it. And he just loves it because that's where he can now purge and dwell. Because our sins make us huge. Our self-sin makes us quite big, quite grandiose. But we need it purged. The Holy Spirit purges us for God to manifest in there. So you need to approach him in your iniquity, humbled, broken, knowing that you're not perfect, you're not great. And mercy is just available for you to tap into. So it doesn't matter how good you've been, if you've been on good behavior, if you've done great things. No, no, no. God does not look at your record of good behavior. Graces are available. So always feel bold enough to know that you're humble enough in your sin to approach God and ask for grace. God knows you so well. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. The other thing is, when you do receive this grace, the there's no need there's no need to think of what should I do in return? Because most of the time there's always like an offering or a sacrifice or a requirement that is required of us. I think from this whole scripture and the reflection, God needs us to know that it's salvation, the righteousness of Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the the architecture of the access to this throne is primarily based on the Trinity. Our job is to understand how we can access it and have the boldness to approach it in humility. The work has already been done. And if you think about it, when you come to the presence of God, even in the Old Testament, the priests would bring an offering and a sacrifice in order for God to speak and bless them and be present in their lives. You know, um, like David would make sacrifices um, and then, you know, he receives the, the grace of God and the blessings of God. And then he would go and give bread um, to the people and he'd give the blessing of the Lord of the heavens armies, you know. And, and God has removed all that because the person who gave the sacrifice, the person who's given the offering is already there. That's Jesus Christ. So just go. Just go. And there's an open invitation In Isaiah 55 verse 1, God says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. This is amazing. So not only are you 
available to receive all the graces. You also receive his mercy. He doesn't keep looking at any of the any of the defects or the faults in your prayers, any defects in yourself as a person. It's all about your state of your spirit. God is merciful. God forgives. And in the same sight of forgiveness, he graces you. This should be your motivation to pray, guys. God is literally grace. God is just your source of grace. And your source of grace is available to you because of Jesus. If you've never had a reason to thank Jesus for his death, this is one. Because he has given you access to a throne of grace. And this throne of grace is ratified by the blood of Christ. So that means it's a covenant-keeping arrangement. So that means you are a partaker of a covenant that God will not stop giving. You just have to understand how it works. God keeps his promises. He speaks his promises. And he does what he says he will do. And so I just want you to understand that if you never know what to ask God for, if you don't know how to speak it, just think of the word. Use the word. Use the word of God speak to God with the word and if you don't know what to say use your tongues use your tongues and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work of speaking for you God will never go back on his word Jesus Christ is there to advocate for you to to receive your prayer to present it to our Lord God our Heavenly Father the Holy Spirit is there to back you up at all times in every aspect and then he's the deliverer of that grace in your life so I don't know about you but we seriously need to get to work I do hope you have a good week but always remember it's understanding that's required to access this throne of grace and my prayer for you this week is you do receive the understanding of the Holy Spirit to know what state of spirit that you need to have to approach God, to approach this throne, to access the grace and his mercy and come and do great things in your life and in the lives of those people you are attached to. God bless you. Have a good week.